You are now tuned in to the James Grage Theory, episode 33, the podcast about fitness, business, and life. If you want to learn more about James Grage and the James Grage Theory, please stop in at jamesgrage.com. Where do we listen to your questions? Where can you get a best hold of us? Ask at jamesgrage.com. Also, make sure to tune in. We'll be putting out more content. Your first video dropped in a long time on youtube.com slash jamesgrage. We will also be putting notifications about the videos and everything going on on facebook.com slash jamesgragefitness and instagram.com slash james underscore grage underscore and everything else you need to know on bpisports.com. I'll throw in a quick plug. If you want to listen to our beautiful podcast, the number one podcast in 2020, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and wherever podcasts are available. What do we have today, boss? Topic for today. You know, I truthfully didn't put, uh, didn't have a chance to put any thought into it until about five minutes ago. But someone just asked me yesterday about the car I drive and why... I chose to drive a 50-year-old car around as my daily driver. You have a 67 Chevy? Yeah, 67 Chevelle. Mm-hmm. And got rid of all my other cars, and that's the only thing I drive, which has always been my intention for a long time, even which, when I had my other weird. cars. Which is weird. You're not, it's, it's not a typical that you have a an antique plaque and you drive it every day. You know, it's kind of... Kind of weird, especially in South Florida. I don't see that too too often. That somebody has a a rare antique as like their daily driver. And you know, it's something that I've romanticized the idea for a long time. And finally, it wasn't until about a year ago that I said, "Okay, I'm going to sell all my other cars, and that's the only thing I'm going to drive." But the reason that I always liked the idea of it is I never liked the idea of new cars. Because the problem with the new car is it's only new right when you buy it. And it's not the whole thing of, hey, it depreciates as soon as you drive it off the lot. It's not about that. It's about this idea of new. That there seems to be this lure to buy something when it's new. It's like phones, right? Apple does a great job. You buy the iPhone X and then all of a sudden then there's you know the iPhone XS and you feel dissatisfied with your X and now your brand new phone that you thought was so awesome, now they're conditioning you to wanna to go buy the new one and they're conditioning you to be dissatisfied with it. So with cars, it's, you know, what's the life cycle of a model? A lot of times it's, you know, three, four years and then they change the body style or they'll change something significant about it. Maybe the body style doesn't change but they change the grill, or they change the headlights to let you know that this is the brand new one. And I never liked that feeling. Like having something that was brand new and then all of a sudden you see the other one, the brand new one, come out and you feel dissatisfied. The Mm -hmm. newer new. And this whole idea of new has always really intrigued me. Like what is the lure of new? Even in relationships, think about a lot of times all my buddies that would get in trouble, you know, they'd They'd always, you know, be chasing some new girl because it was the lure of something new. It wasn't just that this other girl was so great, better than the girl that they had now. It's that, you know, whatever that, whatever issues that girl had versus their current girl. I mean, come on, you know, everyone's got their own stuff, but it doesn't mean that that relationship is going to be so much better. It's new. Have you seen that meme where it's like a guy walking with his old girlfriend and he looks back, he's like, ooh, we made a meme about it. He sees the new girl walking by, but it's some like a new exciting thing yeah. compared to like something that's old. But we're so intrigued by new. Mm-hmm. And especially in this country over the past, 
I don't know, you know, it feels like definitely my generation, the generation before. I mean, look, even going back into the 50s, it seems like that's when it really started consumerism here in the US. And it's always about stuff, getting the latest, greatest stuff. And what does that say about us? And it's not even new anymore. It's brand new. Brand new. And that life cycle is so short now. It used to be that there was a longer life cycle. If someone got, you know, got something new, you could actually get years of satisfaction, sure. feeling good about that and feeling proud of it. Now it's like people buy stuff, throw away the old stuff to get the new stuff. And it's like constant. It's more and more and more and more. And so much of it is social status too, right? What kind of clothes do you have? What kind of watch do you have? What kind of car do you drive? And even with the house, like, you know, here five years ago, I built a brand new house from the ground up. And it's amazing to me because I had this idea in my head because every other house that I bought before, it wasn't brand new, <laughs> right? I bought right. it, someone owned it before, which is common. You don't think about it. You don't say, hey, I'm buying a used house. Even if the house has been owned by five other 50s, people, yeah, even if it came you, out, you say, right. hey, I'm buying a new house, right? But even with the house, when it's brand new and I'd never had a brand, brand new house, it's amazing how much stuff is like constantly like needs maintenance and repair and and this feeling that you get when that happens, like this dissatisfaction that you feel. But there's nothing in life that stays new. Like we don't stay new. You know, we're constantly that's the process of aging, right? Our body's slowly breaking down. Mother Nature breaks everything down. You you know, you put metal outside rust you know attacks it wind attacks everything it's just like that's that's nature it's always trying to break things down and yet we have this fascination with everything being new and perfect all the time and there's no such thing and so when it comes to cars that was the thing i just i wanted something that i liked that i knew that i liked it for for what it was and that wasn't going to change like that's the idea of something classic kind of the same thing with fashion right picking something that's kind of like a classic look right, right. And then it's almost impervious to fashion trends because, look, you can go buy the latest, trendiest, coolest crap, but at the end of the season, it's outdated. For sure. And now that life cycle, like I said, is so short. And I think social media plays a big part in that, that whatever used to last a little bit longer, some of those trends have like half the life that they used to. Now, let me ask you. So I was just recently in Poland with my grandfather and you know um, his situation. And I was going through all of his old stuff and everything that I asked my mother, she remembered from when she was a kid, wine openers, glass, furniture. And I would ask her like, hey, how old is this? Like, oh God, that's from, you know, 70 years old, 80 years old. They made things to last back in the day. And it, it's the European mentality, I suppose, from Poland, but it's the European mentality that when they moved over here, I still have all my toys from when I was kids. I still have all my game consoles and Ataris and Super Nintendos in preserved boxes. Like to them, yeah. they don't throw, there's nothing, you don't throw stuff away. So whenever my mom sees this kind of culture and my grandmother see people kind of throwing away, she's like, I don't think they make stuff to even last anymore. So do you think companies, for example, like let's say phones, Apple just got kind of outed for doing this, but whenever they release, like let's say an iPhone 5, they slow down the iPhone 3. They make it almost obsolete. It's kind of fucked up. Well, did you know that the very first, so the very first generation one iPhone, I want to say came out in- 2006 or 2007. Yeah, I think it was 2006, 2007. It won't work anymore. That sucks. It won't, I don't even think it'll work on the networks. That's crazy. So the funny thing is it's still functional, right? Theoretically. For sure. 
but it won't work. So it's it, whether it's designed to last or not, which I don't think most things are designed to last anymore, like you said, but even if it did last, you can't use it. Just like my same theory on cars. I don't think cars are designed to last anymore. I don't think you can have a car. For example, my mom has a Toyota Camry. She's been driving it for 10 years. It still holds up. But I don't like, I think, when did they stop making cars to last? You know, when did they stop making those cars that, I guess back when they were building in the 60s, they figured you would have your car for 20, 30 years. So they actually put some thought into it. So you it. think a Tesla will last 50 years? Oh, dude, I know your theory about the batteries and everything. It'll <laughs> it'll it'll burn right through you before before it does. But no, I don't think it will. I don't think it was made to last fifty years. No. Why the hell would this guy make it to last fifty? Why would they give you a cure when they can just keep you sick? And, and I, then... I don't think anyone who buys a Tesla is even thinking about keeping it more than four years, let alone forty years. Right, for sure. Except my mom, she's she'll think about it like that. She'll be like, okay. Well, I'm 63 now. This is the last car I'll have forever. Yeah. But but that's that's just how her mentality is. I don't think her cultural traditions work with the American way of refreshing, buying new new phones. To me, the new phone thing is the dumbest thing in the world. I have friends that wait in line for the new, but you know what, new there's, iPhones and everything. It's just like a watch or anything else. There's social status in it. Or at least people believe that there is. And that's the crazy thing. I mean, to me, it's just... Look, a phone is functional. You use it to send Call messages people, and talk. send messages, and, check emails, right? And that's it. It's not a fashion statement, or at least not to me, but you know, to some people, I guess it is. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's that dissatisfaction. And it's been an interesting journey for me, a personal journey, growing up without things and wanting all those things, like wanting to have a nicer car, wanting to have nicer clothes, and thinking that that stuff would make me happy because that's what you're conditioned to believe that you have all this stuff and that's the ultimate goal in life, right? You get a job and you go out and make money so you can buy all this stuff and hey, success, you won the game. There's there's uh, you know certain satisfaction in buying something new though. Going to a store, going to try it on, buying but it. But it's fleeting. It is, absolutely. But you know what's an even better feeling? Returning the items. To me, <laughs> there's no better high than knowing you know what? I, I tried it. I don't want this new thing. I'm just going to return it. So so that's the thing. And even with uh, it doesn't matter how big of a toy that you get. I mean, you could go from buying, you know, a Toyota to buying a Lexus to buying a Mercedes to buying a Ferrari to a Rolls Royce. And you're chasing your tail. It's never going to give you quite the satisfaction that you think that it is. Right. It's like all that goes into some sort of black hole and happiness doesn't come from stuff. And it's interesting because you hear people say that, but you don't believe it. No, I don't. So, no, you, I gotta, most people I don't. I got like, to believe it, you know? Yeah, and, and that's what most people feel like. All right, well, let me make that decision, you know, for myself. Let me go get the Ferrari, let me go get the Rolls let Royce, drive, and let me decide let me, for let myself. Me pull it off. What was that joke they said? Have you ever seen somebody sat on a jet ski? You'll never see somebody sat on a jet ski. So that's why you need new jet skis and all that. And that's why you I, need I, new I, things. I didn't get that joke. That was a funny joke from Daniel Tosh. Never mind. Gotcha. That's okay. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, look, that's uh, that's a lot of what, uh, you know, the changes that I've been going through, I think, lately for me is simplifying, downsizing, 
Like we talked about before, I don't feel like I need to live in a big house anymore. Matter of fact, it just doesn't even suit me anymore. I think you were telling me about you're trying to find like a, which you won't in Miami, but like an old 50s fire station or something awesome. made out of brick, you know, with the 20 foot oh, high I'd, ceilings. and. Oh, I'd love to turn it into like a cool loft like you would see in a city. Yeah, that'd that's be awesome. Thing, turn the bottom into a, just an awesome garage. But I think you're also kind of conscious and aware of this because you move from you moved from like let's say California I don't know if it's a kind of an olden kind of town you know where everything's you know a couple decades old but Miami it's being built like especially where you are especially where we are is being built as we living there I mean no, everything, everything is new it's, it's probably the newest newest skyline in the US now there's other places in the world like go to Dubai and different places where everything is brand exactly. new like it pops up out of Coming nowhere out of the desert exactly but Miami's not that far behind I remember moving here and you know there wasn't a whole lot going on and it's just like it exploded all the high-rise condos and literally watching the skyline transform and if you're into architecture it's pretty interesting because go to a city like Chicago or San Francisco or New York where your skyline's, you know, for the most part, older. Mm -hmm. They're all, you know, very square buildings. Yeah, for sure. And everything in Miami is very modern looking. And, and, and that new, way yeah. it's kind of similar to Dubai. But I think it, it also the city has that whole feel like everything has to be brand new. You have to have the new car. You have to, it's a status symbol thing. Well, and, and that's why, you know, maybe that's been part of what's accelerated this whole thought process for me is living down here in Miami and being surrounded by that exactly. mentality all the time. And it's it's kind of a bummer to me. It's, uh, you know, I just know better at this point. I know that the things that are gonna make me happy, that I'm gonna get true happiness from are, they're simple things. Like even when I did that road trip ac across the country, literally it was my intention to make it as raw and simple as possible. I didn't wanna stay at hotels, I wanted to sleep in the dirt next to the car every night. And that was a big takeaway for me is realizing that it takes so little to actually be happy and have fun that, you know, when you get down to like the basics and you can just shed yourself of a lot of these burdens and stresses that we have that we impose on ourselves to try to maintain this certain lifestyle. Right. It's like we're working so hard and scrambling and doing all this stuff to like create this life, but it it doesn't give back. It's like you can live a much simpler life and enjoy it so much more. I think they say something like, the minute you pull your car out off the lot, you're you're paying for it for the rest of your life. It'll never give you money back. Well, it's just it, putting money into well, it. Well, it depreciates as soon as you sure. drive it off the lot. Uh, yeah, and like we started the conversation, it, you know, that wasn't where the dissatisfaction starts from. It's that feeling of, you know, being proud of your car and. And then even having to ask yourself, well, why am I why am I so proud of this car? Like, does it really do something for me? Like, do I truly love it, or do I love it because of the way people perceive me when I drive it? The way people see me is this part of my image that right. I have of me? Would you also think that, for example, um, I was reading some news articles today. Millennials want fancier cheeses, so the American cheese market. <laughs> Is going down. It was actually they had a whole long debate about it. The cheese market's going up, but the American cheese market's going down because millennials want something new. Okay, is this because, let's say, 
my mother used to eat whatever kind of cheese or my parents and whatever, but I want to do something different. What, do, are we trying to break away from you, from from my parents, basically? Were you trying to do everything kind of the opposite of, of your parents too, you know? Is this becoming like a, well, I want something new. Our parents love the traditional, the old, the, See, you know, I'm they not, their so, things around. So I'm not against new. I'm against new when it comes to consumerism because one, it's wasteful, right? So, I mean, look at our landfills here in the U.S. It's crazy how much crap we throw away. Uh, two, I feel like we're chasing our tail when it comes to happiness. But when it comes to new with experiences, like going to new places, trying new things, yeah, trying new foods, try a new wine, or I'm all in favor of that, right? I. I think that's the amazing thing about life is being able to go out there and experience new things. So this isn't me being down on new. This is more of a stuff thing, right? This is more about, you know, buying products. Matter of fact, did you ever watch that movie? It's, it was an old one. I I want to say it probably came out in like 2008, that animated movie WALL-E. Of course, man. So I look back and then I was like, wow, you know, at the time it resonated with me. But now when I reflect back and see where we're at today, there's a lot of truths in that you know you had these people they were on these little flat floating lounge chairs and they had these heads up displays and they're swiping through stuff and like every two seconds they're hit with a new ad and they're just like they're buying and they're buying Ooh, that's that's new Ooh, that's new and you know that's what we do we're on instagram we're on social media and we're bombarded we're bombarded with ads even things that don't look like ads think about through social media now with social media influencers people we follow are still pushing products on us. You know, this shirt or that shoe or this tea or whatever it is. Look, we talk about business a lot. And so these are great business tools. And so I, I can't sit there and thrash them. Oh, we've done, we've done it plenty of times. But right? on the flip side of it, as a consumer, you know, I, I get, I feel like I'm constantly being not only bombarded with stuff, but I feel like they're always trying to, you know, get more information from you so they can categorize you and put you in a bucket so they can market more crap to you, which of course feels super big brother. Oh, they're trying to create an entire profile so that they can hit up hit up anybody. Did you hear the story of the Me and 23, the CEO of Me 23 has mm -hmm. her starting her own pharmaceutical company. Of course, You're, she has all your information about your DNA. You did the cotton swab, right? She's the she's, she's gonna sell you custom made oh, dude, vitamins. Dude, and she's married to the CEO of, of Google. <laughs> now you have the database on Google. This is a whole conspiracy theory, but this is this is actually the fact that she's making medicine for people because now she has your entire DNA breakdown. Well, that's she knows why. That's why you know. Get sick and, and it always tries to plug in. Uh, you know her Amazon device, and I'm always every time I see that thing, I unplug it and throw it back in the drawer because I mean, come on, it's a listening device. That's what it's designed to do is to listen. What's it accidentally? Amazon doesn't need any more information on my family. I was they got on, enough with I was all the on, crap. I was buy. on the phone, and that Alexa thing was calling. Blah blah blah, calling an ex girlfriend. I said, No, <laughs> that's stop, actually Alexa, funny. Stop. I unplug it. It's still calling because it still has the juice in it. Hello. Hello? No, Alexa, hang And my ex-girlfriend's listening to me screaming at Alexa, hang on, Alexa, please. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, it, was, it wasn't. And since then, it's been just standing there. I want to give it back to, to whoever gave it to me, but that's, definitely that's not cool, That's man. pretty funny, but uh, no, I, I look back at a movie like that, and you know, think about it. 
the whole premise of the movie was that all these people were living in space. They've been in space on a spaceship for like 400 years because they trashed Earth. It was all this garbage. We literally filled up the planet with garbage. And that's not far from the truth. And that's why, yeah, when I get down on like Tesla and everyone, you know, being like, well, it's so green. My point is, is it so green? What are you gonna do with all these batteries? Where hey. are you gonna, you gonna bury them in Nevada? It might not be green, but you know what it is? It's new. It's new. It's, so it's, it's new and it's cool. It's Come exciting. On. It's cool. And you know they did it right. And I'm and I'm not knocking them because they are cool. And they took everything that was uncool about electric and they made it cool. Right. We talked about that, right? Right. You used to think they were slow. They made them fast. They used to look ugly. They made them look nice. And here's the thing that I would ask. And so anyone driving a Tesla, don't get offended by this, but ask yourself: Do you really drive it because it's environmentally friendly, quote unquote, or do you drive it because it's cool? I mean, right. most of the people that I know that have them are pretty honest about it and say, I just like it. It's cool and it's fast and, you know, I love it. On the flip side of things, though, this pursuit of new and innovative and exciting. And don't you think that has the benefits to like the medical community that are finding these new cancer uh, medicine, and everything? But, but just again, that's from, different. Just from going, but they want something. something. But that's, but that's different. Again, that goes back to, you know, basic needs. So if there's developing anything new to for better health care or better food supply or of course we need new we thrive on new but it doesn't have to be new things that have no real meaning mm. i get what you're saying um are you still on the theory of i think we've lost this theory but the whole if it ain't broke don't fix it we're fixing everything some of the stuff ain't broke you know i think that's just our mentality is like hey how do we how do we build upon this? How do we add to this? How do we get more out of this? You know, well, look, it's human nature to it's it's what makes us who we are. I mean, otherwise we'd still be living in caves. But mm. yeah, we're always trying to advance and move forward. And and like I said, I'm all in favor of it when it comes to education, when it comes to medicine, when it comes to and look and and that's where I think we needed it take and redirect some of our energy and our resources is to things like that. I mean, I wrote a paper in college that, and it, I thought about it then. And it's like, I, I went back and I read, it. I'm like, wow, this was, you know, pretty spot on. It was just about that. It's about resources. Like that's always been my biggest concern. Like people are freaking out about, you know, rising tides and yeah, Hey, that stuff's all real. Right. I'm more worried about resources. Like, in the future, because I have kids. I'm not thinking about myself at this point. I'm thinking about them. What's that going to be like? Is water going to become like the ultimate, most precious thing on the planet? Which it already is. You already know it. It already is. But is that going to be the thing that we all fight over? Like the old Bugs Bunny cartoons when, you know, the one person dams the river up above on their piece of property and then their piece of property goes dry. That's already happening in a way. You've got water wars right now, even between states. Even between Northern California and Southern California, if Southern California didn't get water from Northern California, Southern California would dry up. Well, I mean, that's the, I was talking to Chase about that. Like, they're the number one consumers of the North California water. It's not yeah. even you guys. You guys are getting your share. Kind of, the, I mean, all the farms and crops need their stuff. But like, LA is killing you guys. The thing about it, Southern Cal. So Scott. Our, our affiliate guy in Utah, mm -hmm. who he loves Utah, he's an outdoor person, so he loves being in Utah, is now thinking about moving because- From his dream home. From his dream home, because it's getting so dry there and towns are literally drying up. We're having a conversation about the Dust Bowl. Think about it, during the Dust Bowl, you had people literally 
leave their land, leave their home and leave their land, not sell it, leave it, abandon it, pack up their crap and leave because they There's couldn't survive there anymore. There's no water. Mm. And look, and you know, people would argue then that's cyclical, right? Okay, what happened in the past and then it can happen again. But the one thing that I think people aren't accounting for is population growth. Mm. You got more and more people on this planet and we're consumers and we're wasteful. We're super wasteful. Think about water. Like, are you gonna be able in the future, are you gonna be able to take a 20 minute shower? Are you gonna be able to go wash your car? Like in California, over those five years of drought, you couldn't water your lawn. Everyone's yards dried up, right? You couldn't have a nice green lawn, so everyone had like rocks in their yards. You couldn't wash your car except for, I don't know, there was like one day a week, I think something like that. Sort but of all fake, the, fake grass business. All those things that we take for granted. Right, of course. Right, and we take that stuff for granted. You know, I mean, over here in Florida, we don't we don't really deal with that just because we've got, you know, Everglades is wet, wetness all around us and well, all the that stuff. the whole East Coast. Yeah, is. the whole East Coast, right. Um, but it, but you do see that problem in the Midwest and going to California. You, there's going to be water wars, man. Have you seen that movie um, uh, Book of Eli with, with Denzel where he's yeah. blind the whole time? That's all it was. I mean, those people over there killing each other for bottles of perfume and I think that was a great idea of wasn't the most recent so Mad Max not the original one yeah but the, the original one was about gasoline but the most recent one wasn't a lot of it it was about water water that whole thing yeah. was this guy you know unplugging you know the thing letting the water yeah go on the people and he just shuts it off but he controls it, an entire society just from the how the thirsty have you ever been uh, I don't think not, not, not that I can remember let me tell you like I've been really thirsty, but even then I still had water that day. Go a whole day outside when it's hot, you'll lose your mind. You'll kill someone. And when I mean kill someone, when you're thirsty enough, you will kill someone over water. Jeez. Makes well, it's either that or you die. Right, right, right. And yeah. I don't even want to get to that point, yeah. Most people have never ever been that thirsty. <laughs> but the people who have, they would they will shake their head up and say you know up and down and say yeah I would kill over water at that point. It's gonna be you'll lose your mind. It's gonna become Hunger Games for water. It's gonna be like the Water Games. You know everybody's just gonna be, and then we're gonna think back like I remember I used to go to water parks. Water parks. <laughs> think about that. How much water? Like think about think about Vegas, Bellagio, the fountains. Oh, they they're stopping that. By the Are way, they? yeah, they can't afford it anymore. They were Too expensive. it was just cutting like what was it forty million a year or something to forty six million yeah. to run it every year that's just that's just nuts i mean i guess it's a part of the marketing ploy and whatever but i don't, I don't think vegas is killing it like that for them to be you know online gambling and all that stuff I think some, over. someday in the future 50 years from now they'll look back and they'll talk about things like that that we used oh, yeah. to have big fountains and Dude, how, to, how much water we used to waste like crazy all these uh, water sculptures are just going to be all dry you know antique looking things which is going to be cool too because it's going to have all the you know the water w weather and stuff but yeah there's there's going to be a certain point where the countries that have the oil rich people now the water rich countries are going to be the ones that are controlling society and all that stuff because there's still countries with huge fresh water reserves and Look, aquifers and, the, and, and stuff going it's on it's the ultimate resource you can't grow food with it Without it, yeah, without livestock. it. Can't do anything without it. There's another great movie. It's called Idiocracy. You have to see it. It's uh, old school. It's an old movie, but it's like a spoof on 500 years of humans evolving to become very stupid. Yeah. And their number one preferred drink is Gatorade. So they put Gatorade on everything and they, 
they don't understand why they can't grow crops. It's like, we're giving you electrolytes, you know? Why is it? You know what's crazy is I had a friend coming into town and her husband's from Spain and she was saying, you know, in a lot of places you can buy wine cheaper than you can buy, buy water. Hmm. Wow. I, don't know, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but that was what she was telling me. I bet. You know, I remember the first time I went to Europe as a kid, water was hard to get. I mean, regular water, everything was sparkling. I don't know why. I don't think they trust still water over there. <laughs> like, so everything is, they were weird when, you know, you're like, can I get some, I'm a kid, I don't drink sparkling water. Hey, can I get some water sparkling? And I was like, mom, just can I get European some? Thing. Yeah, it's a super European thing, but they just don't trust the water, I don't think. They're just like, I need to make sure it's in a bottle, it fizzes, that's how I'll trust it. But yeah, they're, over there you can tell, you know, people really actually respect those kinds of um, resources and stuff. We, we don't see it here. But that's, like, a, that's actually, you know, and it's not that I'm like this doomsday apocalypse guy, but that's always kind of been my thing. You know, matter of fact, I know my brother, he's the same way. It's the ultimate goal is just to buy a big piece of property, have a year round water supply on it and just set yourself up for the future and not just set yourself up, but set your family up. And I think that, you know, you want to guarantee survival. Like that's the important stuff right there. You know, uh, little house in the suburbs. I don't know if that's going to do it. Is there anything that you like that is new that you like something that's new? Like I like all. I I fall into that same trap as anybody else. Yeah. I, of course, anything that's new, especially gadgets. Yeah, man, like you're a gadget guy. Electronics. Yeah, especially you know you get into like cameras, things like that, because it's progressing so fast and it allows you to do do all these new things. Especially you know again going back to cameras. The image quality is so much better and, you know, the low light capabilities and look, even the camera on the iPhones, it's amazing for a phone. The camera on that thing is amazing. So, yeah, of course I get caught up in it. Oh, the X, the difference between the eight and the X just in the camera. But you you can tell like with me, I, I deal with images and stuff. You can you can see it immediately. But is that. Because, because now we're seeing that with TV and, and all that stuff. The other day, some guy in my building was like, hey, if anybody wants a 60-inch box TV, you know, come up and just get it. It's like, who, who the, how the, what, is there still technology to run that, you know? One thing about who's who's really watching TV, I mean, especially young people. Mm -hmm. My kids turn on the TV or give them an iPad and let them watch YouTube. YouTube all day. That's not even a hard decision. TV's like background noise now. You just yeah, put they don't something even care. On, put, put something they on. Don't even care. I mean, look, unless we're, we all sit down and watch a movie, you know, order a movie on uh, Apple TV or something. But but I also look at all the the class and, and this this is kind of part of I was going back and I was looking at you know the first one of the first comic book, book movies that was big was like Blade. Remember Blade mm -hmm. with Wesley Snipes? And now imagine how far they've pushed the game. Like movies like Matrix, we both love the, the original Matrix. That was the first one that was like a $100 million budget that pushed the limit. This new technology, this new, you know, those guys, the the brothers that made the movie, they own the technology to do the 360 slow motion pan. And now whoever wants to use it has to pay them for the rights to use that, that same motion. But like that, like movies now, if you saw a movie, like the Phantom, the original Phantom with the dude in the purple suit, those movies will definitely look like crap compared to you know the new Marvels and everything. These kids won't even know listening to the dial-up on an AOL. You know, uh, I mean, that's caveman and stuff that's, right there. That's 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 funny stuff. To me, I appreciate that more. You know, uh, so this year when my mom was in the hospital, so I was there every day, mm -hmm. all day, and. Uh, 
So I was walking the halls of this hospital <laughs> and the part that she was in was the original wing that I think they must have built in probably the early 40s. Been there forever. Matter of fact, my dad was born in that hospital wow. in that wing. And the funny thing is in this one hallway, there was a phone booth in there, like an old original, like this really cool glass phone booth. Looked like it was probably from, I don't know, if I had to guess, it looked like it was maybe early 60s. Mm. And everyone who That's walked fresh. by that was tripping out on this phone booth taking pictures of it and, and taking everything. pictures in it. Of course. And I'm like, damn, it's a phone booth. And now it's like a relic from the past. I took a picture of a, this is a standing phone booth from what? Did you feel like Superman ago? when you went in there? No, it wasn't, like, where, a, fo- it wasn't so, a phone booth. It was a phone stand. It so was where just, does Superman even like change now? Where's Clark Kent like change into Superman? Because it know, used dude. to be a phone booth. Superman quit, dude. He quit the DC world. Henry Cavill's like, I'm done doing Superman. But yeah, no, now he has to like jump into, I don't know, what's a modern a poto potty or something. There you <laughs> go. Like a fuck. with his nose closed. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Because that was Superman's thing. That was Clark's getting thing. He always went into a phone booth. Mm-hmm. That's funny, and you can see right through it. So people just watch this. Dude yeah, but he was so fast, change. you didn't see it. Ah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, speaking of technological things, so I wrote down some some um, news newsworthy items. Speaking of like you know technology, and Paul Allen from you know one of the Microsoft creators, mm-hmm. he passed away. Uh, Mega Millions is at eight hundred sixty million, um, and marijuana is legal in Canada. Just some breaking news for you guys up there, our friends up north. You guys enjoy it, you know, but still. Do it responsibly. Um, also, some things that we have going on, new products, new flavors, and new content. We have some really awesome things happening, not only from our end here at BPI Sports, but some of the stuff that you have going on. Our first episode of the James Grage Build Series just dropped. Yep. Kind of excited about that. Can I give them a breakdown of the first episode and what they can expect from you kind of going forward? You want forward? me to give it, or you want to give it from your perspective? I want to give it from your perspective. Okay. So... The premise of the series is is simple, which it's this idea that anything that you want to create, so to take something when it's at its most basic beginnings, which is an idea, and to bring that to life, those steps to bring something to life, they're all the same no matter what you're building. So whether a physique or a business or a brand, a product, whatever it is, and and I've come to really appreciate that process. I enjoy that process of building. And the funny thing is, it's everything that I used to hate about business early on. I used to love the idea stage, get really super excited about an idea. And then the part where I would like drop out is when it came to just like the daily grind of- Execution. Execution, one foot in front of the other. And through time, I've come to really appreciate that process because I know that that's how you get there. It's literally the sum of the parts and all those little things that you do all add up together and that's ultimately what get you know gets you there. Uh, and so this is really just a different way of sharing that. People ask me, well, you know, how do you build a business? And from my perspective, there's not a lot of mystery there. It's, it's not like some sort of, you know, there aren't all these secrets that people think. It's the same thing with fitness. Like what are all the secrets of, you know, getting in shape? Yeah, there's some things, you know, some know-how that you have to have, but more than know-how, like we talked about in the past, it's execution, it's doing it. And getting it done, right. And the more focused you can be, the more energy you put into it, the harder you work, the faster you can do it. 
And so it's really just sharing this process. And, uh, you know, it's interesting people's takes on it because one of the very first comments on there, someone said, well, you know, I see what you're doing. Maybe everyone else doesn't see it, but I see what you're doing. This is just a ploy to sell a brand new product. And the funny thing is you and I talked about it. It'd be one thing to take a brand new product that I wanted to create and then wanted to promote and doing it through the series. It'd be it'd be easy to just pick a winner and then just tack it onto this project and, and just be like, right, here you go, guys. So this is the exact opposite. This is me thinking about a project that I can do for this series, which I don't even know if it'll work. It's kind of well, I never know if any product's going to work. Truthfully, I mean, there, I've had here at BPI, we've had products where we were sure that it was gonna be a home run. We loved it so much and it, it wasn't. And then there were products that we just thought, ah, you know, that'll do okay and all of a sudden it was a home run. You can't always pick your winners. Uh, so this product, I have no idea how it'll do, but it's more- I think more, that's the exciting part though. It's like, you well, know yeah. what, this is not something that's ultra trendy. It's not like a new keto product or something that nope. you know we can this, market This is something it, right, that right. I've been wanting to do for a while though. Right. I. It's something that, you know, probably going back at least, I would say four years now, I've been wanting mm. to do it. So for me, I'm excited about what it. What held you back? Uh, just so many other things, you know, you can only focus your energy on so many things at once. And uh, so there always seemed to be something else that was a higher priority at the time. And so now it's finally, you know, it's it's time. It's time. It's time. So I. Uh, sharing the process with that. Uh, if you guys want to check out the first episode on youtube.com slash James Grage, I know there was an awesome 25 minute episode, but there are also different elements to that show mm -hmm. as well. You're showing how to build this new product for BPI Sports, which is a cool thing, and you'll be able to see some of the process. And maybe they'll get to even pick the flavors on bpisports.com, but you have a couple yeah. of other, other things with the video. So then the other part is a lot of people would say then, well, you know, hey, you've got the resources of BPI to be able to create this. I don't know if that really is a fair comparison for the rest of us who want to start something from scratch, brand new. And so doing exactly just that, a side project completely from scratch, not using the resources of BPI, not doing it during BPI's time. Like when I come here, I dedicate my time to BPI. And so uh, this is a kind of like, you know, a bootstrap, side project and trying to trying to do it the way that anybody would do it being really conservative and and try not to uh well i mean look if, if you're investing your own time and energy and money into something you got to be cautious and conservative in the beginning so but just sharing all those processes like it's funny what, is, to what, see, are, what are all those steps look like right. in the very beginning it's of funny a brand to like new business? Uh, you know before work i remember i picked you over after work one time and you're on the phone with like production people like talking about bands and stuff and like shipping of of the stuff not that it, it's not a secret but you know you're working with resistance bands now mm -hmm. and it's just funny for you to be talking at such a the inception level of kind of like getting it done and prototype level getting it it's, testing out the bands you know well that's the funny thing you know with bpi there's just certain things that i don't do involved in the in the marketing side of things you know the 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 look and feel of the brand. And so, yeah, you know, when you start a new business, you have to be involved at every level. You have to wear 20 different hats. And I always say that about BPI when people ask, what was it like in the beginning? 
I said, you just do what you have to do to get the job done. If you have to go into the warehouse and pack boxes, that's what you do. If I have to take out the trash at, you know, the end of the week. So, you know, because who, who else is going to do yeah, it? Gonna, she just do, do whatever it takes. And right. uh, so, so it's that. And then the last one is a brand new fitness goal. And truthfully, that's kind of half, my motivation is half selfish. So I'm just looking for a new goal. And so doing some of these programs, it gives me that that motivation to go ahead and, you know, from scratch, build a new program and build a nutrition plan. And it's just one of those things that helps keep me accountable to my own fitness goals. Right. So that's the selfish part of it. The part that's not selfish is just sharing all those steps, everything that I'm doing. What does the nutrition plan look like? What is my mindset? What are my, you know, goals with the nutrition plan? And that's the stupid part when somebody says, that, "Well, I, I see what you're doing here. You're trying to, you know, sell, you're trying to sell us stuff, bro. You're, you're trying to sneak some there's, things." There's in. easier like, ways to sell it's stuff. Like, why would yeah. we make a? Why would we create this in intricate, you know, process where you have to dedicate yourself for eight weeks? We've sold stuff on the internet before, and trust me, it wasn't this hard. No, doing doing these videos, it's tough, you know, especially with all the stuff that I have going on. I mean, that's a whole different element in itself. I started and now I'm already asking myself, oh man, what did you get yourself into again? Which is the way I feel every time because every time, right? I've got so many projects going on and and again, trying to be a good dad and a good husband and trying not to lose my mind and still trying to maintain my fitness goals. So here I am trying to create time again, staying up till midnight every night and getting up at the crack of dawn and just trying to create hours to get shit done. Uh, including editing videos and so yeah the next three months are gonna be total mayhem in my life and I on one hand I shake my head and say to myself what are you doing I uh, especially considering that I value balance mm -hmm. and it's totally unbalanced uh, completely but the other part of me enjoys the process I enjoy right. not only building something creating something from nothing but to me brand building is this idea of sharing it's being able to communicate something something that i see and something that i feel and figuring out a way to share that with other people so they see it and they feel it the same way that i do for sure and that's how you attract people uh you know like-minded people to whatever it is you're doing but you have to be able to communicated effectively enough so they recognize right. it. Right, more than the process, I think you're also enjoying this challenge too. Because I think you do need, you're a, a, a very self-motivated person, but you kind of need that little jump sometimes when you want to do stuff. It's almost to make it, to, to make it almost a little impossible to reach. Not impossible, but to make it so that it's not gonna be easy for you. If you wanted to go the easy way, you'd create an easier supplement just to throw into the program. We do what we do traditionally, <laughs> go in without resistance bands, just go to the gym, go work out, yeah. build a fake brand, show you how to build a fake apparel brand or something. But this is something that's- a, a, Something meaningful to me. Yeah, it's a part of your fabric, you know? it's And that's all it is, and that's why I'm doing it in the first place. If it wasn't meaningful to me, I and it wasn't part of who I am and what I'm doing today, then I wouldn't want to do it. And, you know, and that's a that's a great place to be coming from because when you start a business and if all you're focused on is the end goal, 
like, okay, when am I gonna make money? I think you're setting yourself up for a lot of frustration yeah. and potentially failure. Mm -hmm. Because you're gonna encounter all those frustrations and obstacles and you can't get caught up in the future. You can't get caught up in all those unforeseen things. All you can do is focus on the task at hand, what's right in front of you, and try to enjoy that process. Like, it's that old saying, it's it's not the destination, it's the journey, and it's the same thing with building a business. And now I have that perspective to be able to look back over time and realize that it is the beginning when things are rough and it's just not working out. And you know, those are the fun times in a business. Like someone gave me what I think is the best advice I ever got as a parent as before James was born. And they said, don't worry about that next phase. In other words, people are like, well, I can't wait till my kid's out of diapers and I can't wait till he walks or I can't wait till, you know. Terrible twos are gone. Yeah. yeah, it's always, you know, I can't wait till that next phase. But the interesting thing is you end up missing those phases. So you can't wait to get out of it. But then when it's done, you miss it. And it's the same thing in business. I couldn't wait to the next step. Well, I can't wait. Can't wait until we're here. Can't wait until we're there. Can we talk about the product? Can we talk about ship it and blah, blah, blah. And over time, I look back and some of my fondest memories of starting BPI are in the very, very beginning when it was crude and we didn't have resources. And, you know, and I was frustrated at the time because we didn't have the resources that we, you know, that I wanted. We didn't have all the great designers and video people and awesome production people. Like everyone in this building is so super talented and makes it so much easier to not just bring something to life, but to do it at a really high caliber. And that's the ultimate goal. Everyone wants to be able to do that. And to me, that's a, the fun part of business is being able to bring on new team members and people that are gonna help you bring this vision to life. Yeah, that's and that's awesome. what it really takes. Cause in the beginning, you don't have all that. And so you have this vision of what you want to accomplish and you feel frustrated because you don't have that and it's difficult. Everything that you see, you're like, okay, yeah, that, that's uh, that's okay, but it's not what I want. For sure. But that's how it starts. And you know what? Those are building blocks and you just have to accept that, that it's never going to be the way you want it to be in the beginning, but you just have to, that's how you start. Yep. Well, I think this was a great episode. Now, if you guys want to watch the new series, Build, with James Grage, make sure you go to youtube.com slash jamesgrage. Every weekend, you can expect a new episode. You can expect a new podcast every Thursday on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Podcast, Radio Public, and wherever podcasts are available. A second, you know, I got a head rush there for a second. Mm -hmm. For any information you want on James Grage, just go to simply go to jamesgrage.com. Uh, we took a phone call last week. If you missed our phone call with our buddy, um, what was the name again? Do you remember? Jimmy. Jimmy. Um, he reached out to us at ask at jamesgrage.com. We saw his email, it came right to us. It was an awesome email from his wife. Just want to throw a shout out. Um, just want to call. We did better than that. We FaceTimed him. But if you want to get a hold of us, or if you have a question, or if you're interesting as hell and we want to talk to you, just reach out to us at ask at jamesgrage.com and we might answer you if we're not busy because we're doing a thousand other things. Other places, facebook.com slash jamesgragefitness, instagram.com slash james underscore 
grage.com underscore. And we have a ton of more information next week, something exciting happening. We have our boy, Dr. Brett Osborne coming in and his series, uh, his, the number, our number one podcast, the episode is episode 29, I believe, which is ketosis doesn't matter, which was a great one and it killed people, but yeah, that upset a lot of people. Uh, I'm excited about that one. Yeah, so that's the 23rd. Mm-hmm. So next week. Next week, yep. So he'll be right here on this podcast, which I'm excited for a couple different reasons. And they're actually tied in, and it's intentionally. I try to, I like to bring all things together, connect the dots. But part of it is just my own personal evolution and my, my thinking when it comes to nutrition. Right. We make a lot of keto products and I believe that a keto diet for a certain type of person is a great diet. Uh, But, you know, it all depends on your goals. There's so many different ways to get in shape and so a keto diet is one way to do it. And having all these discussions with Dr. Osborne who is not only a neurosurgeon but a keto expert, I'm able to bounce a lot of things off him from his perspective as as a physician and one of the things that I want to talk to him about in this episode is this idea of low carb versus low glycemic. Mm. And that's where I'm at right now. I feel that I am at my best when I have some carbs. Mm. So finding that, that balance between staying lean where you have to where in the past I had to keep my carbs lower in order to stay lean. But in the gym, when it comes to performance, building muscle, strength, you need some carbohydrates. And he's the first to tell you that. And so looking at now saying, okay, can you still get the same results without putting your attention towards low carb, but instead focusing on the right kind of carbs, meaning low glycemic, because Mm. the problem isn't carbs themselves. Carbs aren't the enemy. It's when you're consuming carbohydrates that are elevating your blood sugar levels to the point where your insulin levels rise. That's where you have an issue. And so looking at saying, okay, with the right type of carbohydrates, meaning low glycemic, so under 55 on the glycemic index, can we accomplish the same thing? And so that's mm. a debate that I want to have with him next week. Nice. And that's tied in to this meal replacement that I'm developing for BPI because what's the difference between a meal replacement and an MRP, or I mean a, a protein powder and a meal replacement? It's that, it's carbohydrates and it's fat. Most protein powders focus only on protein. protein right. And actually the goal with most protein powders is to take everything else out, take everything else out, take out all the fat, take out all the carbohydrates. So a meal replacement intentionally has carbohydrates and fat in Mm. there. So this is more of a balanced approach saying, okay, let me put carbs in there, but the right type of carbohydrates, low glycemic carbs, let me put fats, but the right type of fats. And so so people are going to next week going to be kind of getting into Kind of the, 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 the grit and dirty of what I it takes, I just think this really. is the evolution. Like right, everyone is sure. so into keto right now. And I think the more educated people become when they realize that it's not about ketosis. And that's why I say ketosis doesn't matter because it's not about being in ketosis. Ketosis is just a little side piece right. over here. It's it's about managing your insulin levels. And so I think this is part of this ongoing as people you know start to educate themselves more and more. I think this is where you're going to see things evolve in the future. 
people instead of going to an extreme, which a keto diet, there is a reason it's tough because it is relatively, right. you know, it's an extreme diet. It is aggressive, right? It's aggressive, just like a super high protein, low fat diet is a very aggressive diet. That's that's another type of extreme. And so I'm just at a point now where I believe that there there's a balance. Right. There's a way to do it that's balanced. And and I also believe within balance, there's you know greater sustainability because sure. when you go to an extreme, it's like a yo-yo. It's like you have to really, you know, challenge yourself, push yourself to stay on this diet, which staying in ketosis is tough. Right. And then, you know, eventually wearing off and it's like there's the backlash and then it's back on it. And, and it's like that old thing, like yo-yo dieting. And so before they called it a ketogenic diet, it was an Atkins diet. It was the same thing. So whatever name you put on it to make it new, James. New. So that's what people want. You change new. it. It'll change. The same diet will change with a little modified, a little bit more fat or this, and then it'll change. Into so I'm something looking new. at, okay, what's, what's an approach that's not. It's not some sort of fad. It's something that, you know, is the keyword is sustainable. It's sustainable. Right. And that's just where I'm at in my own life. So the conversation will tie into the product, but the product also ties into the plan that I'm doing, my own personal plan, because that's part of my nutrition plan as well, the exact same strategy. And so for the first time, breaking away from my traditional approach of high protein, low fat, carb cycling, which I know I can get a result from, right. for the first time saying, okay, I know I can get the physique I want that way, but I wanna try it a different way. I wanna try it a way that is more balanced because I'm just at that point in my life. Like I don't want fitness to be everything that I focus on. I got too many other things going on right, right, right. besides business, you know, and besides my kids, my family, I want to travel and I want to have fun. And I just don't always want to be like locked into my cooler yeah, with my slave, Tupperware. You're and, slave to your, to the, to the sport almost, you know, yep. you're slave to your hobby now at that point. Well, I'm sure all this stuff will be available on jamesgrage.com, the training programs, the nutrition plan, uh, the rest of the stuff that will be. It's all coming and you know, so a lot, the first episode focuses more on BPI and probably so will the second one only because in all honesty, been struggling just with time to to get the nutrition plan on track and get my training on track. And so like anybody else, it's not that I'm infallible. Hmm. You know, I have the same challenges everyone else does. And that's part of what I talk about, too. Uh, so, you know, you, it's not just watching this process of it come together, but, you know, me sharing my process and how you're going to have your struggles and it's not going to come together the way you want or on the timeline you want. But if you just keep pushing toward it, eventually you'll get there. And so that's what I'm hoping to show over three months is, OK, here's three different projects I had and they didn't all go perfect. They weren't smooth sailing, but I still got there for sure. That's going to be exciting to watch. Thank you guys for tuning in. We really do appreciate you guys. Make sure if you're listening to us right now on Apple iTunes, give us that five-star rating. I think we're still at five stars. We're trying to get that to six stars, which is not even possible yet. But as always, James and I always talk about this, but we appreciate you guys for always you know, giving us your feedback, giving us a view, a listen, any of that. And we will catch up with you next week. I won't be here next week. I know you guys will miss me, but you'll catch James with Dr. Brett Osborne on another nutrition episode, which will also go live on YouTube as well. This will be a visual podcast we do. Once, oh, we're going live on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not live, but we'll actually give put you the, the visual element of it. I know people like to We'll put that on the BPI Sports YouTube. Yep, once a month, one out of our four podcasts will go on YouTube because we do love that YouTube audience too and I, they're the guys that started this whole show for us. Yep. So thank you guys again. We'll see you next week.